Here's Johnny. Welcome, everyone, to a, another episode of The Buzzed Podcast. My name is Jay Kington, here with you, as always, with EJ Golett and our dear friend, Nick Durso. And we are very happy to bring our uh, second half of our first two-parter ever for this podcast. And we will be uh, concluding the story of the Amityville Horror. Uh, but before we get into that, guys, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Just chilling in Mexico, still quarantining, drinking some Corona. Oh, actually, I'm not even drinking Coronas. I'm drinking Coors Lights. The Colorado Kool-Aid. EJ, how are you, bud? Well, I'm already drunk, so I'm doing pretty good. Well, that's a pretty good start, I will say. Before we get into all this uh, shit, far-fetched fun, let's just keep our standard format, but we're going to double up on the questions. Nick kind of already tipped it off, but Nick, what are you drinking? What have you been watching lately? I'm drinking Coors Light because they still don't have Corona down here in Mexico. I don't know what's going on. Um, drinking that, and then I switched back to my Kraken and my ginger ale. I've been drinking wine, Kraken, Coors Light, feeling good, feeling great, watching season five Game of Thrones finally mm-hmm. enter season five. Um, and then I also watched Extraction. And I've just been busy working on my website and trying to get some Facebook ads going. So it's been a busy quarantine life down here in Mexico. Extraction, man. What a cool action movie. That was a lot of fun and pretty crazy. Well, Ed, what are you, uh, what are you drinking? What are you watching? Me? I just finished my second margarita. Uh, and I'm now sipping on little Mickey Ultras. You know, having a good time. Maybe we'll get a third margarita. I don't know. Haven't gotten that far yet. Those are fucking rookie numbers, buddy. You got to step that up. I've been drinking since noon, too, if that helps. (laughs) You've only managed two margaritas. That's very depressing. Well, I didn't want to do that during work hours. I did the beers. Okay, I've had about, I don't know, Uh, 10 beers now, I think. There's no rules in quarantine, bro. It's not bad to drink at fucking 9 in the morning while you're working. I know there's not. That's what I've been doing. (laughs) what are you watching man oh me right now you know actually this week i watched quite a bit so still watching battlestar galactica pushing through that um just jump back into the vikings uh was what i'm continuing on so i'm on season four right now i really enjoy that uh and then if you haven't been watching which i know you're not yet jay because you want to binge it but the last dance fantastic michael jordan documentary oh, no, i've watched four episodes now yeah yeah, yeah. I'm is it up. not is it not great it's pretty great not yeah. gonna lie pretty fucking great it's really really intricate the way they did that whole thing i can't believe they had a camera crew with them all of the 97 98 season uh other than that i just watched last night uh the uh Kristen stewart movie underwater with vincent cassell and a few other people it's, it came out late last year. It's the movie where they work like seven miles under the ocean and there's monsters that are uh, basically attacking them. It was a terrible movie, so don't recommend that one. Watching Westworld season three right now, season finale on Sunday. Can't wait, baby. In time this is recordings out, it'll be uh, up. So I hope everybody's watched that by then. And then today I just watched Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle for the first time. Yeah, the remakes are pretty good, actually. I'm not they are. Lie. That I one was fantastic. I really like that. I could, I couldn't believe how great of a job they did actually in that. I thought it was going to be like, eh, whatever, that's fine. No, really good. No, the, the, both the remakes were, were pretty good. Jack Black absolutely crushes that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he does well, like in the house with the clock on the walls and I, yeah, he's, he's a, he is a great actor. I mean, he's a he he's, he's a solid actor. Nacho Libre. Libre baby. Um, and then other than that, I'm still playing uh, some video games, uh, Halo Master Chief Collection, uh, chugging through that. And then actually, Jay, one, two, three, or four. Uh, I'm on two now, so I just jumped into yeah. two. I got the whole thing. Uh, and then Jay, I don't know if you had this issue or not, but Activision deleted my entire Call of Duty game this week. I lost everything. 
Oh, I know they were doing like a, a 20 gig update or something like that, but damn, you lost everything? I have had no issues with that. I am pissed. My friend lost it too. Everyone else I've talked mm-hmm. to has not, but yeah, I the whole game gone for me. So that's the last Activision game I'll ever buy because that's happened twice now. It happened on a Call of Duty game not too long ago to me too. So uh, I'm done rough. with Activision. Fuck them. But anyway, I digress. That's what I'm watching. Jay, what are you watching? Oh, man. Well, first off, uh, I watched the first season of Vikings. Need to get caught up on the rest because it was great. Also want to see yeah. The Last Kingdom because it's also about Vikings. I, I think Vikings are pretty awesome. And you, you sent me the uh, new Assassin's Creed Valhalla game, which looks awesome. Oh. Also about Vikings. Um, as far as what I'm watching, real quick, because I found out some news yesterday. And I'll tell you what. I have not been this excited for a video game in a long time, but word on the street is that EA is going to be remastering Need for Speed Underground 2. Are serious? So ecstatic about that one. So wow. I, I cannot wait. I hope they said it was supposed to come out this fiscal year. We'll see what happens. Maybe Corona had a setback. Uh, but in regards to what I'm watching, we are now uh, just finished the third season of Money Heist last night. I, I cannot tell everyone uh, enough about this show yes the subtitles do dole a little bit of the effect you want to hear what the actors actually sound like but this series is spectacular it is it is literally one of the best things out right now uh, a lot of people don't know about it because it is foreign but but please if you have some time check it out it's great also watch extraction great movie the john wick meets kind of call of duty uh but but all around solid movie uh, still working my way through Taboo. Uh, and then, of course, I've watched probably four documentaries now uh, <laughs> on the Amityville Horror getting ready for this. Uh, still playing uh, Call of Duty, uh, still playing FIFA, uh, was shredding this week until yesterday. Got absolutely crushed on the online seasons. But, you know, kind of give and take there. Uh, so we'll just keep on working. But that's basically what what I've been watching. Um, before we dive into the fun part of this story, uh, let's kind of you know wrap up with some core news real quick, and then we'll get into it. So EJ, give us some uh, some updates from the entertainment industry. Well, speaking of Mr. Jack Black and talking about Goosebumps and how much we like that, uh, Goosebumps is getting a live action TV show again. Uh, yeah, that's right. R.L. Stein's best-selling books are in the works uh, for the small screen, and Scholastic Entertainment is teaming up with the producer of the Goosebump One and Goosebump Two films, and Sony Pictures TV to develop the series. So, Wait, that's, that's like, entertainment. Like that's like of the Scholastic Book Fair. Yep. I mean, dude, look, you live in an age now of entertainment. No matter what, you got to stay relevant. Of course, Scholastic's going to jump into mm-hmm. the television field. Is that like it's, the Goosebumps from like Nickelodeon? Was it on Nickelodeon? Oh, on, are, you on, the, or, are you afraid of the dark? On ABC. Well, they did. They, they, they remade Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, they like did. A year and a half ago or something. Did a, did a Halloween special around it. Uh, hey, I'm all for it, man. I mean, I was into the Animorphs TV series uh, on Nickelodeon like back in Animorphs, Alex Mack. Oh, yeah, dude. All that. <laughs> oh, so great. I've been waiting because now everybody's going to streaming services now. I just don't get why Nickelodeon hasn't jumped on the bandwagon yet and created their own streaming service like Boomerang or probably in the works. It has to be other other than that. Like trying to think if Nickelodeon's owned by like an affiliate, like a, like a Warner brothers or anything. Oh, hundred, hundred percent. It's Viacom. Is it Viacom? They might be owned by Disney at this point. No, they're not owned by Disney. Like HBO max comes out next month and that's got all that shit on there. Friends and everything. But other than that, also, Lionsgate horror film Annabellum is being pushed back to an August release date now. Lionsgate president David Spitz said that we believe by August 21st, audiences will be eager for the distinctive, unique story and voice of these groundbreaking filmmakers to you. Uh, Annabellum, it stars Janelle Monet as a successful author who finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover a mind-bending mystery before it's too late. Trailer looks good. We'll see how good it is really out there. Uh, and then finally, the last piece of news, Mr. Jay Kinkin sent me this morning, and I've been very excited about because I think I'm going to have to tune in, Jay. But please uh, break this one down for us. Yeah, so this was awesome. Um, right as I was watching one of the uh, Amityville documentaries, 
Chloe texted me, uh, which is, is, is interesting because it both involves the the Warrens, uh, but you know one of our favorite horror movies, uh, The Conjuring. Uh, this is this is awesome. So the real Conjuring house is doing a week long live stream. I believe the family was the Perones uh, that initially lived there, and this is going back. This is in New England. Um, just kind of quick backstory on it. Uh, a mother like lost her children that was accused of, of witchcraft and ended up hanging herself outside of this this house. And there's all this haunting around uh, uh, around the, the whole store and everything. But the Dark Zone, a streaming site that offers exclusive content that takes you through the mysteries of the unknown, is doing a week long live stream from the real Conjuring house. They've done a, like at least one, if not more, in the past that I saw. Uh, but you will be joined with the Heisen family as they show you uh, how they live amongst the spirit. There's a full week of paranormal activities planned, seances, investigations, and tests. You'll hear from Andrea Perone, uh, author and survivor of the original Conjuring, or, yeah, Conjuring Haunting, uh, Dave Schrader of Darkness Radio, Kristen uh, Lumen from Ghost Hunters, Susan Slaughter from Paranormal Caught on Camera, and many more. Uh, they will be starting at uh, noon uh, Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, on May 9th and running 24-7 for an entire week. Uh, I got really excited. Then I found out that this is not a free thing, and then I got sad. But then I found out that um, there's a good cause behind this. So the max for the week will be $20. And there are also daily options as well. A portion of these proceeds will be donated to COVID-19 charities. Uh, pretty damn cool. Very creepy house. Creepy story. Also involved the warrants. We'll be talking about them today on this episode. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought that was pretty damn awesome. I forwarded it to you immediately. And oh, yeah. You had the, the and I should there. note that the first 24 hours will actually be free to watch. And then after that, it's either $4.99 for like the day. And then it's 20 bucks for the week to watch. But regardless, I think I'm going to have to jump in and check it out just for a little bit just to see what it's like. Because I can't believe there's a family that still lives there. But I'm excited. I know our next our next film is going to be Conjuring, so I can't wait to dive into this movie with you. It's going to be a great episode. Oh, yeah. uh, kind of similar to the uh, Ambiva Horror. You know, some houses affect others more than others. I don't know. Poor vocabulary. But <laughs> welcome you know to the I mean. buzz. You know, you know what I'm getting at. Uh, yeah, well, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the buzz. To the buzz. Um, all right, let's get into the fun part of this story. Went over the actual, um, you know, true crime story and then when you know on an overview of what happened to the Lutz is following that but EJ just kind of wrap us up bring us uh you know quick recap give us that you know minute and a half two minute recap that all of our favorite series offer before each episode oh boy um boy I hate being pressure spot like this but okay so where we left off last time uh, we found our heroes uh fleeing from the Amityville Horror House um, that is the Lutz family after 28 days of living there. And they were haunted immensely and a lot changed for them. Uh, so after that, the word got out in town that the Amityville house was haunted and all of these crazy things happened to the Lutz family. However, uh, really, you know, people aren't sure if this is true or not. A lot of people think that the Lutz has faked all this for fame and fortune to gain money off of the uh, profit profits off of the real murder that happened there uh, a year prior, 13 months prior by the DeFeo uh, by Ronald DeFeo junior. And he killed his entire family, all six of them uh, in one night with a uh, Marlin rifle. Uh, And there's a lot of weird details around that. So it was a great episode. Hopefully you guys will listen to that before, you know, clicking on part two, since I very clearly laid this out, but yeah, that's pretty much a gist of what happened. And, you know, we left off last time just talking about uh, how the house still is around today, uh, but it's been changed to a different address uh, from 112 Ocean Avenue to 108 Ocean Avenue. So if you walk three doors down, guess what? You found the Amityville Horror House in <laughs> Amityville, New York. He, yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I just realized I was taking a sip. I did not say what I was drinking. I am drinking. Uh <laughs> Jim Beam and Coke and, and a blue moon. Uh, but yeah, so 
you know, quick recap off that. Uh, Ronald, a.k.a. Bush DeFeo Jr., murdered his entire family, six in total. The Lutzes moved into the house. About Did a I just later. say this? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> chronological time order because you were kind of all over the place. Uh, less than a year later, the Lutzes moved in and they were out in 28 days. So uh, now we're going to get into the fun part of actually, um, you know, talking about this uh this story so i, I do you guess, want me to repeat that part too we can just do like a little echo no here. no 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 i got you, I got okay, you. so okay. just make sure uh, before we go into these oh um, wait jay guess, there's something i forgot oh we got to talk about the drinking rules oh yeah okay so bring us up today yeah, we always forget the drinking rules it's because we're drunk before we start this <laughs> well it takes us about an hour to start the show so we start drinking immediately once that happens all right look Welcome back. Welcome to the drinking rules. Well, we're now 19 minutes in right now. We should have already started this. I guess we have, but we're going to do an Amityville power hour or however long the fuck this takes to finish. <laughs> we're also going to do anytime someone says anything about the coronavirus, please drink. Drink. All right. Drink now. Drink. Uh, Jay says anything about guns, you need to drink. If I laugh annoyingly, I have to drink. And if Nick, you have to finish your drink if you mention Argentina or speak Spanish. <laughs> or, or mention scuba diving. Or mention scuba diving. Or uh, if you're wearing the same shirt three days in a row. So you should just finish your drink right now. Uh, all right, so I'm drinking on my every way to Argentina to scuba dive in the same clothes all the time. You better grab another beer then, sir. Just blackout already. <laughs> All right, so we're drinking every minute, and then, uh, EJ, you're going to chime in and just... Hi, no worries, man. I got you covered, dude. I'm, I'm going to leave a timer. You're going to explain the story. God, I was so drunk last weekend after we hung up this, off this podcast. I slept on the couch. You slept on the couch? Yeah, That's I woke up. content right there. That's um, great content. <laughs> all right, so, God, uh, this is going to be so much fun, and... and so much to talk and laugh about. So, hey guys, um, drink. What? We're doing a power here, baby. All right. Oh, man, okay. So, I gotta try and time my cadence up. Okay, so, um, right, let's uh, do another recap for the hell of it. Uh, six people <laughs> killed, uh, five no, more fled this house. Um, Less than a year later, right? Okay, so here's the fun part. A uh, couple theories on this, okay? Um, kind of want to want to break this this down as best we can. So uh, theory number one right here. Uh, Butch, th- there's the, many theories say that there were at least one, if not two more people to pull this off because uh, all the bodies except the mother and the daughter were, were face down um, during the murder. So everyone thinks that, you know, there was ghosts that blocked the sound waves or whatever because it's a, it's a big gun. It shoots a 30-30. It's very loud. It would make up the, it will wake up the neighborhood, right? Um, so here's theory number one is uh, Butch and his sister Don came up with the idea while watching uh, Castle Keep, a World War II movie. Uh, now, again, people think there's no way that the gun would not have woke the entire house up. Um, and all but two were shot in the back as they slept. Many think there was a third accomplice, right? So this theory basically contains that the murder plan was only supposed to be the parents. Um, but Don didn't want any witnesses. So she killed the younger siblings and then Butch tried to get the, the gun back from Don and a struggle ensued. And he, you know, accidentally or non accidentally shoots. Her uh, head, right? Hey Jay, stop and drink really quick. Thanks. Okay. So that's 31 in a minute. There we go. Alrighty. Theory two. Uh, Ron Sr., the father, was involved in mob activities. Uh, their grandfather was, in fact, a known mob associate. Uh, and initially, Ron said that there was a mob hit on, you know, Ron Sr. and the family, and that they came in there, eradicated the whole family. Uh, November 21st, 1975, uh, Butch was found guilty on six counts of second-degree murder, and he was six, sentenced to six consecutive life sentences. The interesting part about um, the first part of this theory is that there's also a rumor that the, you know, local police, the government, FBI, whatever, whatever you want to, you know, think of was actually had a, a vehicle with, um, an agent outside kind of scoping out the house cause it was tied to the mob. Now the question is if there was an agent or an officer outside, how do they not hear the guns and, you know, invest, investigate immediately. Right. Drink. Um, 
Okay. <laughs> so that's uh, that's theory one and theory uh, two. Um, let's go ahead and get into the fun shit. Uh, we're going to go with theory number three, and this is going to be the one we really focus on here because it's the most entertaining to talk about. So, oh, theory three, after watching Castle Keep, a war movie, in the last 20 minutes, both, you know, uh, the U.S. sides and the German sides get completely obliterated. A lot of murder and stuff. Uh, Ronnie was paranoid at this time, high on like cocaine, heroin, acid habitual drug addict uh had a lot of issues with his family uh but after the movie he said that he heard his family plotting to kill him and that a lady in black uh a lady with black hands appeared and handed him the rifle uh and told him to kill his entire family and then he went through and uh bang 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 killed his whole family. this is one of his stories right this is one of his stories they've switched multiple times with this kind of um wait you mentioned so guns you got a drink Oh yeah, that's true. Shit, drink. Alrighty, so um, this is where the paranormal aspect of this whole story really starts. Was with with this story, okay? Um, there's a lot of weird shit that went into uh, well, oh, the, the Lutz is reported drink. happening. I guess. Oh my god! All right, you guys gotta let me go through this. Jesus. We blacked out and slurring a lot more. Um, now there are, um, you know, a couple legends that also played into this. But um, again, here's what we're going to go with: what what most likely happened, right? Butch planted the haunting seeds uh, to help him uh, plead insane because you'd much rather be in an insane asylum than in prison. Uh, Jody, uh, who was basically this demonic entity, the youngest daughter would talk to kind of came across as a demonic pig. Now this pig could be both large and small. Uh, The one thing this pig told her was that uh, she will always live there. Um, Now there's also a a running kind of theory that that they had a a family cat and Butch referred to the cat as pig because he was a chubby little, little fella. Um, but you know, this pig also apparently had red eyes and you could see him from inside, you could see him from outside. Um, so kind of like this demonic presence, right? All right, we don't drink now. Um, now there's an interesting thing here because Ron senior actually went up to Canada, went to a shrine, uh, spoke to, uh, you know, the, the religious person, I don't know if priest or whatever you, you want to call him. They came down and performed an exorcism six months before the shooting happened. Right. Uh, the Lutzes kind of did the same thing. So after failing to flush out the demons on their own, they went around the house all together, reciting the Lord's Prayer in each room, thinking that would help. It did not help at all. That's when they seeked out the help of Father Ray, who came to the house, went into one of the rooms. Uh, that's when like all the flies kind of came out uh, in his face, very you know um, hyped and, and, and uh, dramatized in the movie. Uh, but that didn't help. He left the house that he didn't want to go back. Um, and you know, that's where everything went kind of hairy in, in the Lutz's leave. And then Drake. the Warrens come in after this and the Warrens, we have so much to talk about them. This is going to be fun. <laughs> All right. But before we get into the Warrens, cause I just laughed at love- Mike. Hold on one second. I got a drink. Right. So love or hate the Warrens. Uh, some think they're the biggest frauds. Some think they're the the, the real deal. So a uh, couple of legends here, right? Uh, Amityville is on Long Island. So uh, Long Island was also home to the uh, Montaquec uh, Indians, right? They lived on Long Islands. Um, they had beliefs that the land, that Ocean Avenue where the uh, Amityville house was located was a power spot in also infested by demons and powerful entities. Uh, the 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 Montequet, uh had heavy beliefs that the um, there were spirits, uh, both good and bad, and that they had a, a big effect uh, that they could actually affect people again, right? So so in good ways and in bad ways, but that spirits were very active. So this is a very important note to pay attention to, right? That uh, this Indian tribe who lived on this land 
believe that spirits were very powerful in both good and, and bad ways. Uh, another legend, uh, in during the Salem witch trials of the late 1600s, there was a man named John Ketchum, and this is the one you will see uh, in this remake. They, they put a lot of emphasis on him, uh, but he was apparently forced out of Massachusetts for practicing witchcraft and moved to the location where the Amityville house is on Ocean Avenue and continued practicing witchcraft. Uh, there is also a Ketchum Street somewhere in that neighborhood. So, again, this is, there is evidence of this person living. There is the legend, but there's not actual factual based evidence that, you know, he was still practicing witchcraft or whatever. Um, now, Ronnie, there was this, there was this red room, which is basically uh, this space under the stairs in the basement. And Ronnie was, you know, outside of being addicted to drugs, also into uh, the, the black, the, the black arts, uh, witchcraft, all that good stuff. And it said that he kept his witchcraft artifacts and stuff he would use in rituals in this red room under the stairs. All right. Um, so different legends here, right? Uh, you got, I mean, ghost stories need history. So you got the witch trials, you've got Indians, kind of all this old spirits potentially possessing, uh, you know, Butch, Ronnie Jr. Uh, so anyway, fast forward, Lutz's 28 days run, six people dead, five people fled. Once they left, right, they took one thing out of the house, which was like a wooden locker chest of old family photos of the DeFeos. They left everything else. They left all of their belongings in this house and got the hell out. The 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 priest who came in uh, said, don't bring anything. Leave it all here. It's all tainted, basically, and just go. Uh, here's where the fun starts. So this is where... Ed and Lorraine Warren show up. This is after the Lutzes leave that they actually visit the house and just kind of give a, a quick, if you don't know who the Warrens are, they're, they're without a doubt, the most famous, most popular uh, American um, parapsychological uh, investigators, basically. They founded the New England Society for Psychic Research. They're ghost hunters from New England. Uh, they've authored numerous books they've investigated tons and tons of ghost stories from amityville uh the the prone haunting which is the conjuring the infold poltergeist which is the conjuring two uh they have the original annabelle doll uh which haunted uh, a couple people back in the day in literally tons and tons of other cases um they have claimed to investigate over 10,000 cases during their career. Uh, Lorraine Warren just died. Uh, I don't know, like uh, maybe I think like eight years ago, it was something recent. So they weren't like super old people. I mean, these are, you know, recent uh, people that were living. Um, I think Lorraine Warren is still alive. No, I think she died. Uh, like I said, she like, died, I she died last year. No. Yeah. She died. Ed Maybe died in 2006, that. August 23rd, 2006. I'm pretty sure Lorraine yeah. Warren is still alive. Oh, no. Lorraine died uh, April 18th, 2019. Sorry. Gotcha. Okay. So these people just passed, but like not super old. I mean, this is something we could like, I don't know, um, unless you're t one and a half years old, you were alive when these people were still kicking, right? Uh, again, very controversial hauntings that they've investigated. This was the one they kind of viewed as the most evil, right? So uh, according to the Warrens and, and Nesper, again, that's New England Society for Psychic Research. Nesper is the acronym. Um, they use a, a variety of individuals, um, including medical doctors, research, police officers, nurses, nurses college student, members of the clergy, uh, other kind of ghost hunter people uh, in their investigations, right? Um, now, their investigations have inspired Dozens of films, TV series, documentaries, books, right? I think they have 17 films, um, you know, of the Amityville horror kind of caliber series story uh, and seven films in the Conjuring universe because you tie in Annabelle to all that. Uh, so these people are very famous. Now, it, it's I want to note right here before we go into this deeper, these depends on who you are. 
some people think these people are the real deal. Uh, the greatest ghost hunters in American in the history of the world. They're, they're well known. Now there's also, you know, a camp that believes that they're just the biggest frauds in the world. And honestly, you can kind of see evidence going both ways. So, I mean, it's kind of a shit show. I think a lot of times the family who has them over to investigate ends up uh, regretting that decision uh, down the road. But they're the ones that really came in there. This was shortly after the Lutzes left. As I mentioned, the Lutzes only took one thing with them, which was a wooden locker. The creepiest part about all this that Lorraine Warren said was that when you walked into this house, it felt like you had just walked into someone's home as they were out going to the grocery store and they'd be back in an hour. Like literally mm. everything was there. Everything's the same to the beds. The, the family slept on the children slept on. Everything was original. The bed frame, the boxes, the only difference was the mattresses were switched, but all the other stuff and the, the whole DeFeo estate was still there. So this was, these, this was what, that the Lutzes were living in too, correct? That's what you're saying. Yeah. So the DeFeo's left, left a lot of stuff and the Lutz is just like continued living with that. So it's yeah. like past artifacts that, that might have some sort of spiritual connection. Well, that's a lot and of stuff filling that house too. You know, that's a, that's a big ass house. So they're probably like, yeah. hey, gifts left yeah. over. Um, and it, it, you know, if, if you do know who the Warrens are, you've watched like the conjuring, then, then you're probably aware of the room. They have like this, like, uh, like collection of occult a museum. Paraphernalia. Yeah. Like museum of, of, of basically like the most haunted, um, you know, stuff, right? So, uh, like, you know, Annabelle's in there, a handful of other stuff. These people have investigated basically a ton of shit. But the important thing here is that possessions were, were, were passed from one family to the next, right? Um, so, these, there's all types of stuff that, that ghost hunters do, but we're going to kind of cover, uh, this took quite a bit of digging to find out kind of, kind of how this, um, you know, played out. But, uh, so Ed Warren is basically like, um, uh, demonologist. He specializes in in the study of demons, learning about that. They are, are pretty religious. They always believe good can conquer uh, evil. Evil. Uh, Lorraine was more on the clairvoyant psychic side, so that's kind of like the dichotomy that they, that they share together. But oh god, the, the sex between these people must have been oh, strange conversations. I would imagine. Lean is grilled cheese. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> except they're very strange, strange birds. I mean, they look strange. How, look how strange a are they? I don't really know about them. Like, I think Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga like make them seem so cool in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they yeah. really strange? Were they just like not like a? I mean, the paranormal investigation. Of course, they're a little bit strange, but like, were they really? I wonder how weird they were in interviews and like talking to people. Like, I wonder if they were just socially awkward. Uh, I mean, they were pretty out there. Um, you know, they were so old, like in, in all these documentaries and interviews that they did about this, but they showed pictures and slides from like the actual investigation into the uh, uh, High Hopes Ambival Horror House. And um, it, it looks like, um, what is her name? Um, like Dracula's wife in that like TV series from the 70s. Elvira. Yeah, yeah. So uh lorraine looked like very like if you ran into them on the street you'd be like yo these people look like ghost hunters like they were definitely eclectic to say the least well i mean i guess it's fitting in a way i mean you know i would hope that honestly if i'm calling paranormal investigators to my house i'm gonna want the weirdest looking people in the world showing up i, I want i want somebody who better bring a crystal ball with them honestly like I, I just want some weirdness happening if I'm going to be having paranormal investigator in my house. Otherwise, I call the wrong people. So, a hundred percent, address the part. Hundred uh, percent. So, you know, they come in right, and and they bring in a team of who knows how they even found these people or assembled them, um, but uh, basically, it was the Warrens, and then. Uh, there was Dr. Carlos Osis, who was the president of the American Society for Psychic Research. There was Dr. Alex Tannis, a uh, parapsychologist. Uh, they had several individuals from Duke University who were into, you know, kind of ghosts in, in, in that parapsychology. There was Marvin Scott, who was a, a kind of well-known uh, newsman, reporter, uh, who was going to oh, cover the story. And don't forget yeah. Dr. Anthony Fauci. I'm pretty sure he came too to make sure that there was <laughs> yeah, right. anywhere either. Yeah, he was, was there. Mass. Exactly. He was there. 
Um, interesting part about Marvin Scott. Talk about someone dedicated to their job. He took part in like seances and and all these um, really strange rituals to try and find out what was going on there. Um, outside of him, there was Dr. Brian Riley, uh, another well-known parapsychologist, Alberta Riley, who uh, was Dr. Brian Riley's wife, uh, Jerry Salfin, who at the time was just like a kind of hobbyist parapsychologist, but now he has his doctorate in parapsychology from George Washington University. So that was basically the team they brought out there just from the far reaches of the world. Uh, and at the time, the stuff was not nearly as popular as it is today. So they're probably just kind of viewed as as straight. I don't know. Just also, crazy. there was no internet either. So like these people had to look through a phone book and be like, Dr. Doctor, this person, oh my God, let's get them out here too. Like they're pretty renowned in this world. Yeah. Like just word them out. There was no Reddit to be like, this guy is the perfect person to have you on there. Yeah. Uh, so drank. I just drank. Um, um, but like, yeah, dude, imagine like Duke University, like one of the best universities in, in the nation. And, and people are coming out of there, you know, researching and, and looking for ghosts. So let's get to the fun part, right? Uh, please. Okay, so uh, Lorraine says like this is the 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 most demonic, uh, worst investigation that that she's ever been part of. Like hated every minute of it, right? But she hated it not because it was demonic, right? She hated it because of just like the way it was performed and done. No, no, no. She thinks it was the most evil place she ever was. Even more now, than Conjuring Hounding or the one in England. Okay, so there's like, like even the Lutzes disagree with the Warrens. The Warrens disagree with the Lutzes. The, the, so the man who really made this this story popular, uh, I forgot what his first name was, but his last name was Anson. He wrote the original yeah. uh, Amityville Horror book, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there's also this rumor that um, uh, George Lutz and, and, and Kathy Lutz uh, basically came up with this story uh, after just getting hammered on wine over a series of days when Anson was there trying to learn more about their story. So there's also this aspect that they completely just made all this up for attention. Um, it, it really just depends on like what you want to believe. Right. But you know, there were rumors that they would just get fucked up and then just kind of create the, this story. But regardless, they were out of the house in 28 days. Right. So you got to think there, there was at least something happening there. Maybe they were embellishing the story as, as a lot of people do when they tell stories, but um I think they paid like $80,000 for the house initially, which back in the day was, I mean, substantially more. This is a waterfront property, probably goes for 500000 plus nowadays. Um, and they said like Kathy put like, I think Kathy put like $20,000 that she made from uh, selling her previous house. You know, they were newly married. And then um, George Lutch put in like 10K. So they basically put everything into this house. Uh, to try and revamp. I mean, this was a hell of a steal. It wasn't really told, like during the closing process that someone's like, oh, by the way, the reason this is such a low price is that yeah. six people were murdered in the house. Yeah, exactly. And what, it was like, what? They bought the house for $200,000. It was pretty cheap. No, $80,000. 80000 Yeah. Jesus. And Eighty then, grand yeah. in Amityville on Long Island? The taxes are I mean, probably this is, more than this is This is, what, the 70s, right? <laughs> So, I mean, everything was cheaper, obviously. Um, now, they said that they ran out of the house. They didn't take anything. They took the wooden chest, and then they, they they sent people to the house to basically sell all of their belongings. And it, it literally said they made like $1,600 net profit off all the belongings that they sold out of the house. So these people literally lost a good amount of money at the time uh, for this venture. So that kind of plays into like there's, you know, there has to be some truth in the story, right? Again, it, it just depends on, on what your beliefs are. But let's get into the the Warren's actual investigations because it took me four documentaries, um, quite a bit of research on the internet, listening to some other uh, you know stuff on this to to be able to to really find what I was looking for in, into this investigation. And I ended up finding basically like a thirty minute interview where they kind of went over their investigation into the uh, Amityville house. So. Um, Let's just kind of kind of go really from the jump. So uh, the Warrens came in, and and the first thing that Ed Warren did, as he you know typically always does, is he went he went down to the cellar. He went down to like the lowest level, one of the darkest places in the house, um, because apparently that's where demons like to stay, and like the 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 heavy shadows, 
it doesn't necessarily have to be a basement, I guess. It could be like upstairs if it was very dark, but like cold, dark, that's, I guess, where demons prefer to live. Now, there's also been several reports, you know, from uh, George Lutz, Kathy, the investigators of like encountering just weird cold spots in the house where the temperature dropped like 20, 30 degrees. And you really felt, you know, that it was cold. Um, so Lorraine was upstairs with the camera crew. Um, Ed went downstairs to the cellar. And when he went down to the cellar, he said the first thing he did was he pulled out a crucifix, held it up, and commanded in the name of Jesus Christ and in the blood of Jesus Christ for whatever entity to reveal itself. And according to Ed, it made its presence felt immediately. It pushed him to the ground. He felt pins all over his body. Electricity shot through his body from the pins. Um, I don't know. You know, that, that, that's kind of strange. Right? bullshit. Just him by himself saying this story threw me to the ground. Yeah. Who knows? Again, there a lot of people say they're frauds. A lot of people say they're real. So I'm not here to debate that. We're just here to have some fun, right? Sure. Um, sure. He then, as he's on the ground, electricity running through his body, he repeated the command in the name of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ to leave the house. And immediately the spirit got off him. Got off on him? get off of him oh gross i was about to say my god <laughs> <Some dirty ectoplasm. laughs> um so right so 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 his prayers get this get this evil demon off him uh lorraine was upstairs uh basically at the same time uh in like one of the the, the first rooms you walk into like they call it the wet bar it's really the main area uh in the in the, the front of the house um at the same time that he was down there um she Clara visually saw that's a word I learned Clara visually saw that's when you have a clarent clairvoyant, clairvoyant vision. vision and she saw the dead bodies of all the defeos in the front of the house ready to be taken to the morgue you think I bet you that's why they put the uh the hanging body in the conjuring by the tree no 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 no, I'm just because like, that's like, the know, Perone I, family haunting. I, I know, I know. I mentioned the, la- the lady in that haunting hung herself. No, oh. that that is sp- specific to the 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 Perone family haunting. Oh. Is that she was accused of witchcraft and she hung herself? Gotcha. Oh, that's gonna be a next episode, buddy. We're gonna have some fun with the Warrens. Um, I'm excited. So anyway, so she sees the dead bodies, right? Um, here's something that she says no one else knew is she had a Padre Pio relic on her, uh, which I guess is some like, I don't know. I have a Padre Pio. Padre uh, Pio is mother. Yeah. yeah Padre mother Pio gave it to me before huge. I went to Iraq. Yeah. Well, he's the patron okay. of protection. Anyway. All right. So we all went to a Catholic high school. Uh, they all grew up in the parochial school system. I did not. So we would all say, you know, prayers and shit during math. And I would just uh, not math mass. And I would just move my mouth because I didn't know the words. So uh, Nick and EJ have a, a deep history with uh, patriarchs and saints that I do not at all. The only so, reason I know about this, this saint is because of Nick's mom. That's the only reason. My mom, the there's an, there, there is a Padre Pio app that you can download. I, I have just it had hanging on my wall right here still. I just What's had a conversation with my dad about it. Protection. So his heart, his just a side note, his heart when he passed away, I think he passed away in like 2006 maybe, his heart is still beating and they took it and it's it travels around the world as like um like a, a holy relic and it still beats and he's not it's just his heart it just continues to beat. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, first off, it was he a Padre Pio <laughs> relic. It was a relic, which means he died. So he's already dead by the time this happened. And uh, if you think a heart's going to continue to beat years after it's dead, well, fucking Christ. I don't even want to get into religion right now. Let's just continue. Uh, so she had a Padre Pio relic, the saint of protection, I was protection, wrong about Padre Pio, by the way. So I just wanted to Whatever. Go. He's a saint of protection. You guys are fucking killing yeah. me. Uh, anyway, she cupped it in her hands and she says no one knew she had it. But uh, so while on camera, she goes up the stairs uh, to the first landing, right? The kind of halfway break uh, where the big windows are. And uh, she says when she did, she f- said she felt a presence like none other. Like she was standing on her running water, pressure all over her bodies. She cupped the relic of Padre Pio and asked for his guidance. 
which allowed her to continue to make her way up the stairs. What would it be like to live like this and just be like so full of shit? I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't want to discredit them. I'm trying to let everyone form their own opinion. This is super believable and incredible. But anyway, uh, so she got up to the stairs. She went to the left and into uh, the room there. It's a sewing room. And she walked in there. And then she she turned and looked at Marvin Scott, the longtime uh, news reporter who was there. Uh, and uh, he, again, he took part in the seances. So he was like, he was down for it. He was trying to find out, you know, give me some kind of story. But she turned to him and she said, I hope this is as close to hell as she'll ever get or as I'll ever get. Uh, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of drama, a little dramatic performances going on here. But the interesting part is in that sewing room, that's the room where uh, Father uh, Picaro, Picararo, which was the um, priest that originally had come in, was told by an unseen voice to get out. It's the room where hundreds of flies came out and, uh, and kind of scared the, uh, the father away. Uh, and after he heard that unseen voice command, he says he felt a slap to his face. So my man's got bitch slap. He got bitch slap on a ghost. Oh yeah, dude. Strong hey. pimp hand. Yeah. Pimp hand strong. That's a seventies uh, ghost for you right there. Yep. So as Lorraine continued to walk through the house, she said she felt a terrible depression as it's just horrible atrocities happened in this house. And she felt it all over her bodies. All the Lutz's belongings were there again. It felt like they had just ran out for an errand and they were coming back. Here's some other fun facts about this. The latitude of Amityville is 40.666. Oh, right where that house is. Remember, six people murdered, five people fled demons all around now here's also kind of a fun fact it's like george lutz was an ex-marine he was a black belt on karate i couldn't really verify this part but apparently he hung out with biker gangs uh and he wasn't really a guy that could scare easily but apparently something so horrible happened he left in 28 days well bitch what a little bitch drink everybody we're forgetting to drink yeah the minute timer has left now the cameraman of this and i think there were like two or three but there was like a combo of like six heart palpitations between them and and one fell to his knees uh knees and hands um and here's what's really interesting all of the men not women but the men who took part in this investigation have died of heart issues, except for Marvin Scott. Creepy. Except for who? Marvin Scott. He's the he's the the, the, oh. the news guy. Yeah, yeah. The so everyone else had guy. died. Yeah, yeah, had died of some some sort of a of a heart issue, right? Oh man, I mean, dude, they should have stopped eating so much red meat back in the seventies, dude. Like, look at that. This is statistics <laughs> for you right there. Yeah, they should have been yeah, watching yeah. What the Health on Netflix. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, God, what the hell? Don't even get me started there with that bullshit. <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready for the, the big conclusion of this paranormal investigation? Please. Please, Jay, bring it home. Bring it home. All right. Get this. That's it. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's basically how it ends. Um, I'm no, like, the, the definitive... Yeah, no, no definitive words. You got Um, me. They went in there, said they felt all this. Um, You know, they would see, uh, kind of like, so let's go back to like Jody, the the spirit that would talk to the youngest daughter, and they would see eyes inside the house if they're outside, outside the house if they were inside the house. They would see a rocking chair just moving back and forth in in her room uh, as she claimed uh, this, you know, Jody entity would talk to her. Um, But you know, one of the more kind of scientific um, expeditions I saw into this house was that there was a specific part of the room where if you stood there, the window would open and if you moved away, it would close. Like something with like the pressure or the, the structure, you know, of, of the building. So th- there's also been a lot of debunking here. Um, you know, 
you choose what side you want to you want to believe in the the warrens came out of here saying like they experienced all this stuff but like there was no con you know <sighs> conclusive evidence or anything there was no big dramatic you know bible in hand reciting you know scriptures or whatever to try and fight a, a demon they just said they went into this house if they felt evil presence and that it's the one house they would never go back into because it was so evil but <sighs> this is like i don't know man i'm, I'm having a hard time I, I wanted to put myself in the shoes to believe all this but i was just like yo you motherfuckers are nuts well they are fucking nuts man they they are there's i feel like there's a logical explanation for all of this stuff in here and honestly now to this day or now right now from all of everything i've learned over the last two episodes i think the amityville horror is bullshit yeah honestly i'm in the same boat the, the, the weird part is like i guess if i think the family made like the lutz family made like 350,000 off like the the book and the movie but like they left all their possessions and even like George Lutz left two like custom made motorcycles in the boat shed. It's just, I don't know. It's, it, it's weird. Cause like, why would you leave all that shit just to be famous? You know, who, who the hell knows? But like this, like ghost hunter shit sounds fucking retarded. Yeah. All of it sounds pretty retarded. Honestly, I feel like it's a really big stretch with this whole latitude of Amityville is 40 port 66, six, right where the house is like, all right, come on. Like, it's it's not, you know, build a house on a latitude and be like, oh my God, it's haunted now because there's 666 in the name. Yeah, they might have discovered that later. Oh, uh, one other thing that I forgot to say about the uh, the, the, the uh, Montecat Indians is that, like, in that region where the house was, there was also this legend that they would take people who, like, were mentally insane or possessed by spirits or demons, and they would leave them there to die in a face-down position, which ties oh. into how the DeFeos were found uh, all shot in the back in their bed. And one of the That's things when, when – yeah, and one of the, the things where George really says that he started to, like, kind of freak out was that he noticed the children and Kathy – started sleeping on their stomachs so that he, you know he thinks there was some tie of that now again the whole like john ketchum practicing witch house the whole uh american indian like barrel ground and then they're you know believing in spirit some people say that the 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 montecats weren't even in that region they were like 50 miles away so all that stuff is kind of legend. Like the movie tries to tie it in both like Ketchum moves there and then tortures Indians in the basement. Um, so again, like those are just legends. You honestly can't verify them, uh, but it, it makes for, I guess a, a pretty sweet story. It does make for a cool story. It's similar to your pet cemetery right there. Indian burial ground. Like people get a, get a kick out of that tie um, to ancient burial, uh, ancient Indian, um, customs so it's i mean that certainly is a really fascinating story it's pretty cool i didn't know that yeah, well, well one thing also to note about this story in the, in this movie it came out uh not too long after the exorcist right yes yes big, and it, it, big thing in the 70s there was the exorcist all the way through this yeah 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 and if you if you understand the history of religion then you understand that the devil or demons are a relatively new um, kind of aspect of, of religion. It wasn't there a thousand years ago. It's something that, that, that's been added kind of to instill like a, a, another layer of fill of, of fear. But after the exorcist came out, everyone was obsessed with the devil as an entity in these demons. So it was kind of a great, I don't know, like situation or environment for this story to, to really come out you know, and thrive. It's like the witch, the witches, like back in yeah, Salem witch trials. Like, 100%. how do you know she's a witch? Because she looks like she looks like <laughs> Well, I mean, like, dude, think about it. So they, they, they put you on those little, uh, like, seesaws in the water or whatever. They throw you in, like, a, a pit of water. If you sink, uh, you're not a witch. If you sink and drown, you're not a witch. If you swim, you're a witch. And then you burn at the stake. So, like, either way, you're dying. Yeah, because you know what floats? Logs. Small rocks. <laughs> Small rocks. 
<laughs> Pitbulls? I mean, ha- have you guys seen Eurotrip? Yeah. Yeah, where it's like America was founded by prudes. You know, like yeah, filthy, like Protestant prudes. You know, uh, you know, they were just they were just freaking out. At, I'm just whatever, making, but... I'm just making Monty Python references now that I'm drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh God, I love Monty Python. Yeah. That's so funny. Oh, so yeah. That thank you, though. Me... You really did teach me something new here tonight. I did not know this about the the Warrens, um, and I really didn't know about the Montauket Indians. Like that's, uh, I mean, it's it's really cool. It still doesn't cause me to believe in this bullshit of, of that is the Amityville Horror House. I came in thinking that this was a real haunting, and now I have left uh, not believing this anymore. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of right there with you, which um, we're going to continue this with our next episode, or maybe you know a couple episodes down the road, when, when we do do The Conjuring. Cause oh, no, we're doing it. We have- everything that, that, that the Warrens touch it is a little bit suspect this story is more interesting like on the front end than if you, if you really do a deep dive this was very frustrating for me to try and research because it was the fourth documentary when i really was able to find more information firsthand from the warrens about their investigation um it's not really a lot but that's kind of one of the more interesting aspects because that was really why it got so famous on a national level but at the same time, like the fact that they, it's so hard to find kind of leads me to suspect that eh, like it was kind of bullshit. You know, had the Warrens taken their talents and really focused on writing novels, they probably could have rivaled Stephen King. They, they probably yeah. could have made some pretty good ghost stories. Well, I mean, a ton of movies, a ton of series, and a ton of books have been written off, off the hey, experiences, you know? Yeah, I know. They got lucky. They got lucky. I mean, I think it is pretty cool some of the stuff that they have. That museum in their house where there's, you know, there are artifacts that they deem that are too uh, crazy for other people to have. So they put them in their house and you get them blessed weekly. I mean, pretty cool. Now that they're dead, I'm kind of curious where that stuff is. We should find that out. We should look into that and figure uh, out. I, I assume like one, one of their children like oversee that. But um, like, okay, so it's so kind of like, and we'll cover like the, 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 Peron haunting, which is, is, you know, the conjuring's based off, but like even the movie Annabelle, there is a real Annabelle doll, Annabelle doll, but like it's not like it possessed have from Charles. Story. It's not possessed from Charles Manson's like cult killing people. So like they have stories, but um, the 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 tales, the movies, the books that they're, you know, and they're all Hollywood hired into. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're Hollywooded up. You know, they 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 heavily embellish everything. Um, you know, but like I feel like we've gone quite a far down a far hole as far as like the background story of this, which you know is honestly like why we do this podcast is to give the, the true story behind stuff. But um, let's just kind of get into like overall ratings. Like, what would you give uh, the Amityville Horror remake, two thousand five? What score would you give it out of ten? Nick, please, you're the guest of honor. I'd like to hear yours first. So are we basing it on, I mean, I usually I don't watch it. One to ten, how you felt about the movie? I don't usually watch anything above, I mean, less than a 6.0 on my Richter scale. I'm, I'm going to give it like a 6.3. So privileged. Damn. Never watches a bad movie. Well, I mean, I, I do. I do. I, creep? What did Creep get? I don't know. I liked You creep. gave it like a four or five. Yeah. I give this like a 6.3. I, I was hoping at the end someone was going to die, but no one did. <laughs> well, six people died in the beginning, so, yeah. <laughs> Guess you can't be happy. Well, I mean, I meant like I didn't want it to end on a boat where he was like, let's go home, honey. Let's get away from the house. I'm not possessed anymore. I'm not going to I, I would have found the movie more enjoyable if it had ended on a boat and then the Lonely Island appeared and then that was the start of the music video for I'm on a boat. Little well, I like that weird <laughs> scene where like, she like hits him in the stomach with an axe. But, oh, it's just a dream. What yeah, like, I, I thought that was real and then I, I woke up. Yeah. EJ, what do you give it? Um... I mean, look, the remake was scary. It's it's weird because the first time I watched this movie and uh, years ago, it was terrifying to me. Like there was things that stuck out in my head still to this day, and I was maybe want to rewatch it, you know, 
um, the hands coming out of the walls, you know, the little girl being trapped to the ceiling with the hands holding her back and stuff like that. And then rewatching it last week, it felt cheesy. It felt cheap and it felt, uh, I don't know. It just, it just didn't feel like a very good horror movie. Maybe it's just because it's, it's a, a, it feels like it's like a, not a lighter tone than what it is today, but a cheaper tone in terms of production value. Uh, other than that, I thought the story was cool. I thought what they did with the, the characters was cool. I mean, it just follows the same formula that the 79 film did. I give it a fucking... I give it a 5.8. Okay, that's fair. What do you give it, Jeff? Oh... <sighs> I give it a four. Shit's fucking trash water, dude. Uh, does not hold up at all. It, it maybe would have hold it, held up for like a, a super shock jump scare horror movie in 2005 when it came out. Uh, I, I disliked it very much. I thought it was very predictable. Um, I saw the original when I was like 10, somehow like on Showtime or HBO. And that was a lot more scary, as I recollect. Now, to be fair, I haven't watched it again, so I don't know how it holds up. Uh, I do have a lot of respect um, for James Brolin, or Josh Brolin and his father, James Brolin, um, who the Warrens talk about as being a very sweet man. They actually were, like had access to the house, and uh, he was talking like how it was just creepy even, even being in the house. But... Uh, I like the old one a bit more. It gives off a more authentic, creepy vibe. Um, I did not like this. Like I, I remember it was probably like 20 or 30 minutes into the movie, and I was like, I forgot how shitty this remake was. <laughs> it you made know, a I lot of money, it. man. And it did. And I just I wonder what it was during that time period that made people like this movie so much. Ryan Reynolds. The remake. I guess, but Ryan Reynolds really wasn't anyone in this film. Like, he was coming off of Van Wilder's success. He wasn't that big of an actor at this time. Like, Van Wilder was what, 2004? This is 2005? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is before Van Wilder. No, no, no. It was after. It was after. In my eyes, Van Wilder was epic, but I I just, I just, I love the story, but I don't know. I I didn't really uh, like the movies. Like, again, it was very jump scary. Uh, They're, the mood the original one set was better than this one. The scares were predictable. Um, one thing that this did kind of give a good idea of is like the difference because there's two types of haunting. There's residual hauntings and there's uh, demonic hauntings. Not demonic, but demonic. Residual hauntings are more passive, um, kind of like The Conjuring, where you know you're seeing ghosts that are like walking down a hall, projections of the past, and then well, kind of also like The Conjuring, the demonic haunting hauntings are like it was never a human it's a it's it's a demon that affects the environment and everything in it uh it possesses people just super evil version so like residual think a ghost you'd see at a cemetery like an old civil war site versus demonics like you're being chased by a fucking demon the possessions of emily rose stuff like that Ooh, i need to see that movie so but yeah okay so sorry what was your point rating there i didn't hear that uh, like a four or four point five. Wait, you just said you've never seen the the Exorcism of Emily Rose. Actually, I have not. I've seen that. I don't know if it'll hold up, but you should probably watch that sometime. I think it's on Netflix. I'll have to check it My out. My sister used to love horror movies. I used to hate them when I was a little kid. I remember crying during Scream like a little bitch. But uh, she saw The Exorcism of Emily Rose and like it fucked her up. And she won't even watch another scary movie since then. She's wow, really. really? She's waking up at three in the morning, like the witching hour. Oh, also, I didn't cover that. Uh, well, like um, George Lutz started waking up at three fifteen, the hour, uh, the exact time when Bush DeFeo murdered his whole family. So that was also like he was kind of going crazy, kept waking up at this time. So that time, yeah, which is pretty time. odd. But also, like he could have learned that this happened around this time, and then he made. I don't know. It just seems too easy. It seems too low barrier. Maybe I I'm think wrong. that they found out about what had happened in the house and Anson was there and they all got drunk on wine and came up with the story. That's yeah, the theory I believe the most. That's honestly the theory I believe the most. Well, they said he's all tough. He's ex-Marine, karate and black belt, hang out with bikers. Then you see pictures of him and you're like, yo, you're like a little bitch-ass hippie. You know? Yeah, he's anyway, little... they, got, they, they got divorced. They're not together anymore. They still claim it's true, but who the fuck knows? Anytime the Warrens are involved, shit gets scared. 
That's the sound of that's the sound of cracking going into my cup. We have not <laughs> not been doing a power hour. We have not, but we don't really have too much to talk about. So, oh, with that, that brings us to our conclusion on our first two potter on the Amityville Horror. Uh, someone is trying to get in my room, either Chloe or my son. But thank you, everyone, for going on this retarded ride with us. Leave <laughs> what you want. Uh, this is the drunkest one yet, so thank you guys. Yeah, thank you for having me again. Right. Yeah, Nick, this is the last time you're on here, man. Unless you come back to the United States and get good internet. <laughs> we're, we're, we're sick of doing you favors, man. You act like you've known us our whole life. <laughs> anyway, guys, cheers. Uh, again, if you do not follow us, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at The Buzzed Podcast. Uh, shoot us an email at thebudspodcast at gmail.com. I am Jay Kington alongside EJ Gullet and our dear, dear friend that we did grow up with, Mr. Nick Derso, coming to us from uh, Torreno, Mexico. Torreon, yeah, Mexico. Torreon, Mexico. Torreno. Tomorrow I'm going to go to the desert and go see the dunes. Nick, let's go to Torreno and get some Drano and then cover up. With the with some ponchos because it's gonna rain out. I don't know. Oh, you know Let's I'm start a, a poncho company, company called Poncho Villa. Poncho Villa idea with like the the, 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 the two like gun uh, bullet round straps going over them. Yeah, I used to Let's have that, that on the back of my car. That's pretty fire. That's a great idea. I'm gonna do that. Poncho Villa. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google that now. Anyway, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, I don't have anything else to say, man. Tune in next week. We're going to talk about The Conjuring. Yeah. I'm excited for that one of the Warrens. I think it's a fun one to talk about right now. So until then, stay safe in quarantine. Peace out. Adios. Adios. Thank you.